What up, Craig? Hey, Jason. How's it going? Pretty good. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. I think that you know who the guest is, and I'm so excited I can't even sit still. Ooh. Look. You got the wiggle. Wiggle waggles. Wiggle waggles. Who is it? Dude, so today we're talking marketing millions, easy five secret strategy with the master, Bobby Stocks. Oh, man. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Insurance Dudes, a podcast for insurance agency owners, helping us to think of different ways to optimize our business and our lives. Bobby Stocks. Bobby He's Stocks. great. That's good. That wall behind you is hilarious. <laughs> it's my. It's actually my office. It's. It's. Uh. Yeah. I mean, it's no. It's Puerto Rico, right? Mm-hmm. It's no Puerto Rico as a background. But <laughs> my twelve-year-old self would have loved it. <laughs> I think your uh, whatever number self loves it too. It's <laughs> awesome. Welcome, man. Welcome, Bobby. It's awesome to have you. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. great, great talking to you. We talked to so we're we're all state agents. I don't know if you know we're all state agents. Um, so we're in the captive world. I know you primarily deal with the uh, the independent world, but yeah, I love yeah, to some extent. I love your story. So, and I and I know a lot of people. Well, there's two groups that probably listen to this. One who really knows who you are, and then um, a whole bunch of people who don't. So who's the dude, Bobby Stocks? Tell us a little bit about, tell us about your background, man. Yeah, so um, if anybody doesn't know, I, I do a lot of lead generation um, currently, and um, I've mentored a lot of guys in the insurance space, Nick Ayers and... Nato and some other service providers like Bill Somerville and all that. I know he's he works with a lot of Allstate agents, former yeah. da, former data lot slave. Um, but yeah, I was talking to Bill yesterday. Um, but before I got into lead generation online, um, I worked in the restaurant business from the time I was fourteen until twenty nine. Um, so I was a, a slave of that business for a long time. And in 2012, I got out of that, um, and really was just trying to look for, you know, some kind of business or something to do that I could build myself instead of working the standard nine to five and, you know, getting my, um, my two week vacation type gig. Uh, and that landed me kind of like mistakenly fell into marketing. I, um, I, I bought a dog and at that point, I, w- I mean, I was just throwing, you know, the pr- proverbial uh, uh, crap against the wall trying to figure out what to do. Uh, I bought a dog. At that point, I, I started selling, um, I was trying to sell life insurance at the time. And uh, I bought this pit bull. I put a fence up for the dog. A buddy of mine joked around that I would start a fencing company, which is exactly what I did. 
And uh, I remember I put up uh, an ad on Craigslist and totally forgot about it. And two weeks later, I get this email and it's a guy asking for a fence quote off of my Craigslist ad. And I remember looking at my wife and just going like, oh my God, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. The fence that I put up was like, it was like a snake, you know, crossing into my neighbor's property line and then back in the mine. Um, and uh, yeah, went out and I, I, you know, I told the guy the truth. I said, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, I had just quit my job as a head chef at, and was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And I uh, showed him a couple pictures of my fence on my phone. And he said, I'll give you 150 bucks a day to, to put it up. And, uh, and that's how I started into, you know, working for myself. And the problem I think that obviously all business owners run into is you have this business and then it's, you know, where are the customers, right? Where am I going to actually sell my product to and that's how i started getting interested in teaching myself marketing um and that was uh yeah that was uh, right around may june 2012 um i think i ran my first facebook ad in the fall 2012 um and that's what got me into to lead generation primarily on facebook that's awesome. Dude, and I'm from the restaurant industry too. Uh, <laughs> I had, me too. In my, in my 20s, it was like, dude, I hit this like rock bottom for mm -hmm. myself. Wasn't working and needed to get into something. And I just got off my butt and started, started as a busser, worked my way up bartender and stuff. And that's what I did before insurance. So that's why I, I love that part of your story. It's like, I mean, anybody... Anybody like, and when you're in those positions, you feel, especially the restaurant industry, you feel like there's no way out. Yeah. Like it's a grind. I worked under so many chefs that were like, like there was like, they were stuck. Like guys that yeah. are like 50, you know, completely like, you know, divorced like 10 times, <laughs> you know, pacemaker. And they would just always say like, what are you doing, kid? Like, get the hell out of here. And, you know, when you're, when you're that young and it's a great cash job, you're like, yeah. oh, nah, you know, I love what I'm doing. <laughs> this is great. You know, the bar is right there and I can just drink for free. I love this job. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so how did you get into, um, so we, you got into Facebook leads. Um, so you're primarily into more of the mortgage lead section sector i would say uh take us through how how did that how did good you know uh social media leads for fences go into yeah mortgage so um so i started you know i started teach myself facebook ads 2014 is uh the first time i ever took like an internet marketing training outside of YouTube. YouTube was like my go-to on how to like just learn how to do anything back then, even fences. Mm -hmm. So 2014, um, my cousin who was in the real estate industry in California, 
he messages me and he says, you got to get on this webinar right now. I think you can use this for your fencing company. So I get on a webinar and it's Ryan Stuman and this other guy called Tim Shermack. Um, me and Tim Shermack are, really, are still really close today. Uh, and Tim was doing real estate marketing and, you know, you know, we all know Ryan was doing mortgage real estate marketing. Um, and that was like the first time that I was, I was exposed to the like hyper aggressive high level, like real estate marketing thinking. And I started to implement that stuff. Like I went to the, I went to Ryan's like very first break free Academy which is where I met my partner today, Rob's, uh, Rob Seckle. And, you know, I'm just surrounded by real estate guys, real estate guys, insurance guys, because that's his whole crew was mortgage, real estate, insurance. And, you know, here I am, I'm like, well, I've sold some life insurance policies, but I'm here because I build fences. Um, and that's, I started implementing like their stuff into my, my fencing advertising, which absolutely crushed it. I mean, within a couple of years, like we had multiple trucks and a warehouse and all that, all from Facebook. But my, my group of peers were all insurance guys, mortgage, real estate. So fast forward to 2016, when I really like, I really got that my, my business needs to be marketing and like, if I'm going to build a business, it should be a marketing business rather than anything else, because that's what I'm best at. Um, I started getting into, you know, being like a, a, an agency for hire. And I was in a bunch of different niches. I was doing stuff in the medical niche, this, that, and the other. And, you know, bottom line, it was, I was trying to do all these other things. And I had like a dozen mortgage guys and insurance guys constantly hitting me up. And I was just like, all right, I'll just go into this niche because these guys won't leave me alone. So that's really where it started. I mean, today I would, I, I would actually say um, probably less than 20% of my business comes from that, but that's what I'm known for. So like we have a whole division that does that. And then we do a lot of other stuff now, but that's really like where I, you know, where I just sank in the mortgage was just out of, sheer demand you know between that and the insurance guys yeah that's awesome and then how did you take that because i think for people too that they don't realize like okay what online marketing agency or, or whatever like how do you make money and how do you scale it where did you go from there yeah so we started with that um and it was just pretty basic we generated leads for mortgage guys and then we had uh, we started picking up insurance guys and we would generate leads for the insurance guys so that they could give them to their mortgage guy. Now, mind you, like back in 2016, 2017, I was like, why is somebody paying me money to generate leads for another guy? I like, it was still kind of clicking for me, you know, um, how valuable that is for an insurance agency to grow. And now I just see like, the miracles it can do for people once they, you know, partner with the right brokers and things like that, um, develop those relationships in the, in the right way. But, um, yeah, it grew from there and, and just trying to solve problems all along the way. I think that's like all successful businesses make money by solving problems and not running from them. And we built a software company and now we have, um, 
We have a, a follow-up software with predictive dialing and force dialing and all types of CRM things. We just built that out of that. And that's grown to a seven figure software company. And we have some other products rolling out and then that just rolled into, so I make money through different ways. I have my agency. We generate leads in the mortgage industry, the roofing industry, the personal injury industry. We have our software company. Um, and then uh, I started running advertising for other, um, like other online coaches in a, a multitude of different industries. So mortgage, insurance, I run uh, NATO's whole program um, on the back end and market it. So we started helping other uh, coaches and consultants market their business. Um, and then that's grown. So we're, we've grown two years to, you know, this year we'll hit eight, possibly 10 figures in, in revenue from, from going all that. That is so, awesome. Yeah, it's just been like a rocket. And and tell us about your move to Puerto Rico. Living the dream, man. I love it. <laughs> yes. So a couple of years ago, I was consulting for Tim Shermack. And if anybody, Tim Shermack is a freaking genius in real estate marketing. Um, he's not too known in the internet world, um, but he has an agency in South Florida um, I don't know how he's got something like 200 plus real estate agents that he markets for all like top guys. Um, I was uh, down there doing some consulting with him and um, he's a hardcore libertarian. And basically he was like, Hey man, like you're going to start making a lot of money and you're, I know that you're not going to want to pay a lot of taxes on that money because <laughs> you're kind of a libertarian like me. And he said, if I could do, if I could do it all over again, I would have actually moved to Puerto Rico. And he said, and that's where he explained to me in Puerto Rico, there's a 4% corporate tax rate. So just straight 4%, no federal, nothing like that. Um, so the most you're going to pay is 4%. And um, I always had on my, my vision board, which was a little, you know, notebook piece of paper that I had scotch taped to my wall when I was living in West Philly was me and my wife always wanted to have a house in the Caribbean. So we linked those two together and we said, you know what, let's look at what it would take to move to Puerto Rico. Um, and I've been down here for, for coming up, well, we're at a year and a half now. So coming up on, on two years. Um, yeah, paying 4%. I got the, got the ocean in the background over there. So <laughs> look at Craig's drooling. <laughs> I'm headed to Kauai in a few days. So <laughs> ready the, cool for the, thing, the cool thing about where I'm at here, this is like the east side of the island. There's a ton of entrepreneurs down here. Um, really? Yeah. So uh, John Lee Dumas lives like no lie at the end of my street. Like no way. I've been over wow. there playing, playing cards. I saw him yesterday, like walking. Um there's, a, there's just a lot of internet marketers and big businesses here. Like the guy who does all compliance for every insurance agency in Texas, I don't know, his company's like $60 million. He's like my neighbor. Um, <laughs> and they run the whole operation from down here. 
So yeah, there's just all types of uh, interesting entrepreneurs. Mario Brown, which I don't know if that name rings a bell, but he's like an OG internet marketer. Um, but yeah, it's like this little like pod of of not just online, but just entrepreneurs that are looking looking to hit to not pay as much taxes. <laughs> That's crazy. I bet well, you guys all hang out at the same places. Yeah. So there's like uh, Friday nights, there's like a poker game and you know, I suck at poker. So <laughs> I've gone a couple times and at JLD's there just like crushing people in poker. He's really good in poker. <laughs> um, but yeah, everybody just hangs out. It's pretty cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I love awesome. that because it's like, you know, you're working in the, in the restaurant business. And then now you're doing those things that people go, I wish I would have done that. Or I, you know, if I did it all over again. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had, a, I had to work through like th three plus years of trying to, you know, go paycheck to paycheck and figure out Facebook ads and, uh, but you did it. You implemented but I did it. it right? And I'm not, yeah, I'm not flipping burgers anymore. It wasn't thinking no. about it. It wasn't bitching about it. It mm -hmm. was, it was actually taking action, which is what's so critical. And you know, so many people sit on the sidelines and they don't pull the trigger. They don't take action. Yep. Um, and I know like this story was very, you know, I was building fences, seven figures, but I know that there was some up and down in there. I'd like to hear because in, in the insurance world, there's a ton of, shiny objects, shiny object syndrome, right? Where it's like, I bought these leads, they suck, I'm done. I'm gonna yeah. move to something else. And they just keep throwing money out at the next shiny object and never really trying to test and work through. What did you do? Because I know that it wasn't, it, you, you obviously didn't fall for the shiny object. You Definitely. Kept yeah, so, um, so when I shut down my fencing company, in uh, the end of 2015, jumped in and I was like, all right, I'm gonna do this. Completely went broke, right? I mean, broke. Like, is today the day they're gonna come for my truck? <laughs> right. And that Ramen day truck. did come, that day did actually come. Um, and at that point, I was in the shiny object, right? And you know, I think it's like, I think it's just human nature to, to think like, okay, there's going to be this thing that's going to fix mm -hmm. the inside problem. Right. And for me, really, it was, it was, I just, I just, I wasn't ready to just trust myself that I could build this thing back up like I did before. Right. And I remember I got like halfway in 2016 and completely dead broke. And, you know, my biggest supporter in my growing my business is my wife. And she is a supporter and she'll, she'll, you know, pat me on the back when I need it. And then she'll threaten to kick me the hell out of the house when I need it. And, <laughs> I got one of them. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, look, I love you. Don't take this as anything else. But unless you make uh, $1,200, this was in June. 2016 she said unless you make twelve hundred dollars um next month which covers like our bills covers half of our bills um i'm gonna sleep on the couch and then for a week and at the end of that week you don't have it i'm gonna move to my parents house which was 20 minutes away and she's like because you just need something to shape like 
get you out of this funk of inaction and like buying more stuff. Like I was like, you know, I was just running around credit cards, like I'm going to this conference, going to buy this program. Like just instead of just breaking it down and keeping it simple. And as soon as she said that, man, boom, that was the fire. And I said, all right, forget everything. What can I do today to make a hundred dollars? Right. And it's like for insurance, what can I do today to either sign like the simplest policy or to talk to somebody that could lead me to sign in some sort of policy, right? That's it. Like, I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm not thinking about learning this SEO stuff that's like going to be really important in my business six months from now, right? Because we're always buying stuff that's like going to be important. And when, <laughs> when everything else is cleared out and you got to perform, it's always about forget tomorrow. What can I do today? And that's what I started doing. I said, how can I make a hundred bucks today? And everything I did focused on that, that end objective. And, you know, it came the day that, that I needed the money and I, I made $1,300. So I had a hundred dollars for myself. And, uh, and that, that was the momentum. And I felt like, okay, you know, like, yeah, it's not a lot of money and I've been shooting for the stars and making nothing. And the next month I just stuck to the same thing and I made $2,500 the next month. And then the next month I made like close to 4,000 and that's really where it started taking off and where I exploded. Right. Cause I got stuck in that like five to 10 K range and uh, started it like, sink in a little bit more on that. So it was the end of 2016. And I just like kept saying how I wanted to build this big agency, right? Uh, what it was going to look like when I had staff and, you know, she heard me going right back into this again, like the, what it's going to look like, not the, what am I going to do today to build that? And you plateaued, you were comfortable, right? right? Comfortable you're again. Comfortable and you're at capacity. Yep. Yeah, totally at capacity. I mean, I couldn't add clients and I was doing everything here. And this is the biggest key thing and it fits in every single business. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I would say like all the stuff like on our consulting side, we teach all these guys, all these cool tactics and all that, all those, like here's the inside, all those tactics are meaningless, right? That's just bait for us to pull somebody in and then say, what are you doing in these five things? So I, I call it the five pillars of business. And I, I was taught this, uh, it's starting to rain here. I was taught this by my CTO, who's a certified, certified genius. He actually like has his Mensa thing in the, on his wall. Um, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <not genius. laughs> but he is very, uh, partner of mine. He does all the operations, built amazing systems for us. Um, Five pillars of business. You got to do all five parts of this business to successfully uh, scale, right? And first one's marketing, sales. Then you have delivery, client retention, or you know, client happiness. You could also wrap like referrals into that, and finances, right? Super simple. He said this is what. That's basically what he got out of a, a master's degree. <laughs> from college is those five things, right? And most of us are doing all of those or 
were doing all those and some of them were just not like finances. I was like, I don't freaking know, you know? <laughs> um, and that was the problem is that there's n nobody specialized and passionate uh, taking care of the bottlenecks, right? So for me, what would happen is why I kept stuck at five to 10 was I generate leads for myself and I'm not a very good sales guy. I can sell an idea, I can't close it. So I would generate all these leads, all these prospects, just like you said, like get all these leads nobody wants to buy. These leads suck, right? <laughs> the reality was I couldn't close. And I would beat myself up over it. I would, you know, buy more sales courses. I would go to Grant Cardone's thing, come back, generate more leads, right? I had that, that new, that new, uh, that new motivation, like, all right, you know, I just read this book, like, I've been practicing in the mirror, I'm going to close this, go in, not close, go through another 50 freaking books, consultations, not close a person, waste all this money, time, energy in the process, and then go back into like feeling really sorry about myself and angry and, you know, I'm been sold up a river and all this, whatever stories will come up. Reality was I had no business trying to sell. And so my wife really shook me up about this. She said, either be happy at five, at your whatever level you are, you can only handle this many clients and that's it. Cool. Great. You know, like in comparison to what most people are making, you're making a good living and you're working from home. Or if you actually want to do this, stop talking about it and start doing it. Like you have 20, she said, you have 24 hours to tell me what your decision is. Man, heard her deadlines. Oh, Dude, yeah. Clarity, man. She's yeah, awesome. well, she, she's done a lot of, like, coaching and stuff like that. Awesome. She was a – yeah, she's, she was, like, a startup or helped a startup and grew it to, like, 50 million and all types of stuff. So she's, like, type A personality. Um, and, you know, she gave me 24 hours. I came back, and I did the same thing again, right? I was like, I'm going to do this. And I got right back down to what am I doing today to build this? That's it. Like nothing else. It's really coming down. What am I doing? What am I just going to do today to build this up? And, uh, and that's where it started off. Like that was December of 2016. And January of 2017, I made $30,000. Awesome. So well, the big shifts that I did was I, I started taking action every single day. And I looked at this, this idea of what's keeping my business shrunk and stuck. And it was sales. Like number one thing was sales. I can generate leads. I can deliver on the work. I can kind of deal with the clients. I'm not going to worry about finances right now because I ain't got on, right? And it was sales, right? And then I just got creative because what I see a lot of entrepreneurs fall into is I can't afford to hire X, right? I, won't, I can't hire this position until I have enough money. But the problem is, is that they're never going to have enough money, right? Right. Because they can't afford not to hire them, right? right. It's the opposite. So I, I found a sales guy that was selling during the day. And I said, look, do you want to make extra money? I'll give you 20% commission recurring for life on these, these, you know, monthly premiums. And he was like, hell yeah, send them over. 
And so I didn't have to come out of pocket any money. Like, you know, I didn't have, I wasn't under pressure to like create all this, you know, I have to like get this guy enough leads because it's full-time job. How am I going to get somebody to leave their job? I didn't have to do any of that. Right. So as soon as I was clear on what I was doing, the, you know, the solutions to my problems started to appear and, th and that's how I started out. And from that point on, I've stuck to that mentality. Where's the bottleneck in my business right now that's keeping me from growing? And how can I get somebody in there? And more importantly, how can I get somebody in there? And that's their zone of genius. Because what I realized is that I'm, I'm great at marketing. I'm okay at delivery. So I call it, a, um, the way I use a lot of analogies to understand things and you know, everybody has a dominant and a non-dominant hand, just like a good, you know, boxer's got, got his jab, he's got his hook, he's got whatever. And uh, my, I believe most people are good at two, part, two of those pillars, right? So you got, again, you got marketing, sales, delivery, retention, finances. And most people are good at two of them, but there's always one that they're really, really dominant in. And if you look in the beginning, I did marketing delivery and I filled sales. And then we started selling, which what happened was I started marketing better because now I didn't have to experience the letdown of not closing, mm -hmm. right? So now I'm just like, I'm having fun because I'm good at this, I love doing it, and I can just do it all day long. And the sales guy's like, I love closing. There's so many sales guys that are trying to be marketers, they're trying to be other things, and they're just as stuck because they're sitting there trying to learn all this stuff all day long, and they can't even figure out, you know, how to send an email, right? Mm -hmm. And that's like the best sales guys, because I got a big sales staff now, the best sales guys, they're usually pretty tech dumb. <laughs> <laughs> they're all over the place like so you know I just started filling in those parts of the pillars as uh, the company grew and that's what allowed us to scale really fast and I found people that were just they love that part because just like me just like me being broke because I was trying to do all five of these pillars there's just as many extremely excellent people out there that are broke because they're trying to do all five pillars, but they're great in another pillar. One of my partners, her entire job is client retention because for me and you know, the insurance guy is probably the same thing. It's keeping those clients in your company, right? Long-term. That's what makes me money because I spend so much money to acquire clients, right? I'm losing money to acquire clients. So, a big bulk of my business has to be, how do we keep them? Um, so, you know, my, I have two partners and one of my main partners, that's her only job. And she's amazing at it. She loves it. She like geeks out on client retention books and all that stuff. And I'm just like, yeah. I don't know. You know, for me, though, I remember last time she was like, I can't take any of these calls. I'm sick. I fired one of the clients and she messages me. She's like, you're never, ever take my client calls because I could have at least got another five months out of that guy. And, and that's just, you know, it's not my zoom. So really it's, it's understanding that and it's, it's any business. Um, 
if you can get inside your zone of genius, you'll have fun in business, you'll grow fast. I always say I could, I could have fun owning a Q-tip business as long as I stayed in marketing. If they got me in the other areas, next thing you know, I'm looking for a different business model. You know, I feel discontent, burnout, and all this other stuff comes up. And then that's where the shiny objects start coming in place, right? That's where it's like, maybe, maybe I could go sell real estate or maybe I could, it's just, you know, something outside to fix it instead of just looking at, well, like, why am I unhappy right now? Well, it's probably because I'm doing everything. I'm doing a bunch of stuff I don't like doing and that's why I'm unhappy. Pretty simple. It is pretty simple. It, it seems like a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners have the ego and that can get in the way and they want to do everything because they're the guy or they're the gal right. and I have to have control, right? Something that you said way back in this, in this little section was really, really striking to me and it's your self-awareness, right? You have a very, very high level of self-awareness and are willing to accept that you're not good at this thing, right? And in fact, like yeah. it, it makes your life better to not be good at it. Dude, I got to a spot where I was like, I suck. And it was like, it was like empowering to be like, well, here, and here's the thing, right? It's like, it's that control. I want to control every part of my business. I hear it. No, nobody's as good as me at all these different parts. And it's such a lie. And the second, like I realized how the part that I was really good at, like, I'm like, I'm world-class at this. It allowed me to say, I suck at the rest. Yeah. Right. And I can own that. I'm, that I'm world-class at that. And in my business, it's like, that's my duty. You know, if I drop the ball on that, then now I take responsibility for that. The rest of it, you don't want me in there. And, and how often does somebody drop the ball on something they love? Right. Right. It doesn't happen. Yep. It's not going to happen. So that's amazing. Love it, man. Yeah. Usually it, it, it because it's a passion thing. Like it, as soon as it's not a passion thing, it's a, it's, it's work. It's yeah. like, you're going to, try to avoid it. Everybody tries to avoid those things in our life that we don't like to do. It, and to your point, it's just, dude, it's super simple. Everything that you said, super simple. Why don't we all think that way or implement that way? It's crazy. I think it's right. I think you're right though. I think it is ego. Egos. Yeah. Just pissed thinking. off a bunch of people. Yeah, it's like, you know, you get so afraid. This is your thing. You're so afraid that like, you know, you're going to, people are going to take it or, you know, you're going to, um, you're going to train somebody up and they're going to leave. Like that was one thing that I really had to come up against in the beginning because I'm hiring, you know, my last business, if I look back on what did I do wrong in it that caused me a lot of stress was, you know, I had like one solid employee and that could be shaky <laughs> and everybody else. It's like, I think I just chronically hired people that were like, they weren't challenging to me. Right. Like I didn't hire people that I hired people that I knew couldn't go out and build the same business. And that was like my self sabotage, almost like self sabotaging, kind of. Yeah, I mean, like today, it's like you should hire people that literally could, you think, have a good shot of actually competing with you. 
Abundance yeah. versus scarcity, right? You were right. holding it all so close. I don't want anybody to have my ideas. As yeah. soon as you let that go, I'm going to bring in somebody that's a Mensa, right? And boom. Yeah. So it's like, it's totally like that. And, you know, just like, yeah, because people like people leave you when you, from an employee standpoint or from a partner standpoint, it's like, if you're hiding their talents because you're afraid they're going to leave, you then create a situation where they're likely to leave, right? Because you're not, they're not being appreciated. They're being undervalued. And it's, there's an opposite effect to that. You know, I have like a lot of the people on here. It's I, I, uh, I put like a lot of my staff on the last uh, two comic club that we got. Um, and you know, I know because they're on that, they're going to get hit up by a million people. My partners have gotten hit up by a million people trying to steal them away. And they're just like, nah, we're cool. We're going to stay here. That's awesome. So it's had like the opposite effect than, you know, what I see most people do. So, and I think that's a, that's a very interesting part is the, the hiring. So how did you go from hiring one way, which I think is the most common, probably the 90%. How did you change into the 10% that hire in a, in a growth abundance mindset kind of way? Um, I think, you know, is, you know, I'd love to give you like an elaborate answer. <laughs> and, and I really just think I was just like, I was just done operating you know the way that i had been and i just went to the like i you know i went to the far opposite end now i've come back right as we've gotten bigger we're like okay we we need some hiring processes you know let's mm. let's bet a little bit um let's just not all go off of the gut but yeah. you know in the beginning there it was like if the person seemed passionate to me like I could tell that they were passionate about it. They had a little bit of a, uh, an underdog story. You know, I, like in the beginning, I would not hire anybody that was like young, like young meaning like early 20s that was coming right out. Like, I'm like, nah, man, I want people that got something to prove that, you know, have already like screwed around a little bit. And now they're ready to, to, to really go after their goals and they want to do it in a, they want to do it in an atmosphere where they know very clearly, like, look, you're only going to be doing this. This is what you're good at. Anytime you try to do this over here, I'm going to slap your hand and move you right back into here. And um, yeah, and that, and that was it. And just having that mentality and like those conversations help me to attract really, really high level people. Cause I That's was simple, awesome. I was, you know, I was simplifying their life too. And my whole process was based around making sure that they were in that zone that kept them most happiest. Yeah. That's awesome. If, um, if you had to do it all over and, and change something, change one thing, what would you do? What would you change? Um, I would, so for me, my company's always, our weakest points always been sales, which is funny, but we're so good at lead generation processes, client retention that it's made up for it. 
Um, if I would have had to do it all over again, I would have really, really been actively looking for um, either uh, probably a partner in, in, who's just just unbelievable sales uh, trainer and builder from the get-go. Because I've seen the difference, like a top world-class salesperson can make in your business. And it's unbelievable. Like I've seen the craziest metrics, like especially when you have driving leads coming in. I mean, it can be like, you know, the difference between having a decent month to like having like multiple six figure months just with one guy by placing a guy like that in, you're like, holy smokes. We had this one guy that we brought on uh, last summer, closed 50% of people that he talked to. And this is at like high ticket. I, I could not believe it. Like I was like. You still have them? Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> and when you look at the metrics and stuff like that, when you really like break that stuff down on a spreadsheet and you see it literally can double or triple your business overnight. And yeah. So sales is yeah. And any business, obviously sales is huge, but finding that right person, I never put, I put uh, like intention to it, but not at the level that, that, you know, I needed because I leaned so much on, all right, well, if the marketing's good enough, that's going to make up for that. Right. And then I've just like had a lot of like ragtag, you know, guys that thrown in, in there. Um, so yeah, that would be the one thing that I would fix. And that's, that's like what we've been focusing on big time over the last like six, seven months is, is getting the right people in place with that. Having that master salesman. How, yeah. what, what percentage of your business has to be closed and by a salesperson, by a human, and how much, because obviously in the insurance or in the, uh, in the internet world, we love nothing more than where they click and buy, right? Because it's, <laughs> so I'm, I'm old school. I love, as much as I hate sales, I love phone, like closing stuff over the phone. So besides our software and even our software company, like after this, I'm building out a sales campaign where it's just straight demo to sales. Um, I almost all, all of my stuff is, is done over the phone. So you know, like, I don't know how many, last year I probably generated like 10,000 phone, pre-booked phone conversations for our business, like something crazy. Um, but I, I just find like, I've built systems where like people buy without ever having to talk to somebody. And I've always experienced a lot of complexity in getting those to scale and to last long-term. Um, and to really eke out, like, that's the thing. It's like, if you have one of these good sales guys, man, you can get so much ROI out of that instead of trying to go through all the complexity to get it to convert without ever having to talk to anybody. And again, it goes back to zones of genius. Who's trying to figure out how to create all these systems where nobody has to talk on the phone, somebody who can't sell. Right. So it's either put in tons and tons of work and testing and time and lose all this money trying to figure it out or just go find somebody you can sell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of people are looking for that set it and forget. I mean, we talk about this all the time, the set it and forget it. Everybody wants that, that silver bullet. It's like when it comes down to it, like, like you said, if somebody can produce 
that much return, I, I mean, it pays for themselves in 10 times, tenfold. Yeah, and here's the other caveat that I've found because I've been in this long enough is that like my CMO, he had an internet business. It was him and like two VAs living in Thailand, making like 60, 70 K a month, huge profit margins all by himself. Now he's my CMO. Why? The idea of like making all this money just yourself and sitting around. <laughs> I know a lot of guys that have done it and they're like, it sucks. I'm lonely. I miss having like team members. I miss working in an office environment. You know, I miss having interaction and, and the, the, the energy that comes from everybody working to, to make something work. You know, the team effect. Yeah. That's our innate behavior. I always tell people like everybody wants to not work and stuff. And I'm like, dude, we're like the innate behavior of a male, especially is like, that's part of what we were hunter gatherers. Like we right. got to be a part of that. Like, I mean, it doesn't money aside, like at the end of the day, if you're sitting around doing nothing, you're going to feel like crap. And that's kind of where I was before I started working in the restaurant business. I felt horrible. It was the worst feeling ever. I never want to go back there. I'd rather work for minimum wage, work 90 hours a week. It's yeah. like, it's crazy. Um, so Bobby, uh, First off, we should have said this at the beginning. Your name isn't even Bobby Stocks. I love that story. <laughs> <laughs> Can you yes. tell that story for the umpteenth time? I know. Uh, yeah. Dude, my coffee's over here. I'm like dying. Um, yeah. So basically, shiny object syndrome. I'm in the restaurant business. I'm trying to figure out how the hell I can make enough money to get out of the restaurant business. Like, I'm looking for that bridge which is another myth that I've never seen the easy transition from working a job to owning a business. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's always like this idea. It's like, well, I'm going to generate enough income so that like I can comfortably sail off into, you know, my ideal future. Um, yeah. I started like, I basically I was sitting in a, a, a coffee shop, Two guys sitting behind me. This is in um, 2008. And I'm overhearing these guys talk about stocks. And this one guy says, Franny and Fannie Mae is going to buy my house, right? So after the stock market crash or whatever, and, um, and I'm like, so I'm getting this stock tip from this guy, just eavesdropping. I go home, I take my $3,000 that I have, and <laughs> I sign up for E-Trade and I move it in the Freddie and Fannie Mae. And at the time they were at like 30 cents, 36 cents. And I sold after it was over a buck. Um, that, Cause that stock took off like within 60 days at that time. And I was hooked. I was like, I got in. That's all I did, man. It was like, I went to work, I came home and I sat there studying stock market got into penny stocks and that's where I got the name stocks from because all my <laughs> buddies just started, I would show up and they'd be like stocks and um, kind of stuck from there. So <laughs> people would call me like when I first got online, I remember I was at Stuman's thing and they were like, what the hell's your name? Is it 
Bob Scott or is it Bobby Stocks? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> they were like, you need to choose our identity, bro. And uh, I just ended up going with the other thing and because I was like, whatever. People online are crazy, so I might as well use a different name. But, uh, yeah, when I married my wife, some of her family from the West Coast actually thought my last name was Stocks. So, like, <laughs> the envelopes at the wedding were, like, Mr. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Stocks. And I'm like, oh, my God. What did your wife <laughs> She is uh, yeah. funny. Yeah. Surprisingly, my mom thinks it's funny. Like, she was like. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how that. But. I lost, I made and lost a ton of money in the stock market. At the end of the day, I did not win. You know, I lost like four years of my life and definitely a lot of money. So Riddle. not for, not one for me. I'll stick to marketing. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby stocks. Thank you, man. This has been awesome. How can, uh, how can they find you? How can, how can somebody find your website? Is it called um, Bobby? Yeah, bobbystocks.com. I'm okay. old school, so like, if you go to Instagram, you're gonna see like 20 photos of me smoking 20 different cigars. So <laughs> there's not much to see on Instagram. Um, just Facebook, Bobby Stocks uh, at Facebook. Send me a message if you have any questions. Um, yeah. Awesome. You want to talk for a quick second about what products and what services? Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. So, um, I, uh, if you're, you know, we do done for you marketing for mortgage and, you know, we, we do some insurance guys. Our software is great. If you generate any kind of leads, um, online and you want to Did we lose you or is it suspense? This could be a marketing ploy. This and you want to voicemail drop. We, we lost you there for a second. You tell broke. me when I'm back. All right. Oh. That's that inter that's that Puerto Rico internet right there. Um, <laughs> Dude, it was genius though. The timing of it, it was like suspense. <laughs> um, that's good. Yeah, so our software does voicemail, text, email, um, but it also has a, a lot of other features, right? So it, it, it does round robin. So if you have a sales team, it also gives you like deep analytics on what's your average response time. Um, you know, uh, how long is it actually taking you to respond back to a lead that either responded to your text, responded to your email, or called you? You know, how long is it taking you to respond back to them? Um, really great to track your salespeople and see what they're doing. Um, uh, it, and it does force lead calling. Lead comes in, bang, calls you right away, whispers to you. You connect to the call. Predictive dialing. Um, man, they've just added a bunch of other stuff. Call recording so that you can record your sales calls and get better at them. And we have a lot of new features that we're launching with that, uh, which include internal, like, end-to-end -end system, meaning you can set up your landing pages, your messenger bots, and all that stuff inside the system, connect it directly to your follow-up, and connect it directly to an appointment calendar, and fire all your pixels and everything in that. And we've been in beta with it right now, and we are getting unbelievable cheap leads and booked calls because 
everything's in one place. You don't need Zapier. You don't need to learn all this other stuff. You have one system. It does outbound. You know, if you want to help your LOs get more referral partners, you know, bring your LO in. We also white label it and we give, uh, you can white label the system yourself, hook in your own uh, Twilio and your own stuff and actually have your own software company, pay us one flat fee and go out and charge your referral partners and, and take all that premium for yourself. So we've really been building this monster um, system that we're, you know, we're basically going to try to compete with ClickFunnels, but for, on the lead generation side you know, for the real estate mortgage, you know, small business owner who's generating leads so that you can streamline the whole process, get all your people under it and also make money on it. If you want to build your own software company, we're basically letting you lease or rent our platform. You own the users and you can charge whatever you want for it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Insurance yeah. dude's phone system. Coming soon. <laughs> Yeah, we got a bunch of guys are already in there. Uh, coaching programs, we have one. Uh, but if you're insurance, you know, the two that I recommend, both guys that are inside my mastermind, and I also personally run their, their campaigns on our, you know, we have a big division that does content, copy, and, and run campaigns is uh, Nick Ayers and uh, Nato. Um, Nick for YouTube, freaking dude's hilarious and he's a beast. Nato's just an animal at building referral partnerships. Nato actually gave me his last $1,500 like a year and a half ago when he was completely done. And I know this year, you know, his agency, his cluster won, you know, million dollar club and all that. And that's just great working referral partnerships. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So working referral partnerships with the right guys, you know? Sounds good, man. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people hitting you up. For sure. Craig, anything else? Any last minute nuggets? Just really appreciative. I mean, grateful that, that uh, you said yes. And, and it's just awesome. So maybe we'll have you back for a part two, if you're up for it. Yeah, man. Uh, but we've had airs on there. We have not had Nato. Maybe uh, the introduction would be. Nato is an Nato is like definitely, um, definitely top one percent sales guy. That's awesome. Good to talk to. Yeah, him. he is an animal at sales, and he's done it. Like what I like about Nato is like, you know, there's a lot of insurance courses out there, and. Uh, Nick and Nato are both guys that are actively growing and scaling their insurance business. They're not just coaching, right? I've watched Nato when he joined our, uh, our coaching thing that was just randomly for ad agencies over a year and a half ago, go from that to a place where, you know, they're, they're consistently doing signing new, uh, a new bit, a hundred thousand in new business every single month. And it's him, his wife, and like another lady in a super cheap office there in Houston. And he's got the whole sales process outsourced. You know, he can step out of the office and do whatever. And he just went and played poker for two, two weeks. So he's built a business where it's not dependent on him. Um, it's lean and it's consistently growing. Right. And I think that's what we all want out of any business. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's profit yeah. margins, and can I can I go on a two week vacation and not have to worry about the wheels? You have leverage, right? Yeah. Not are you building the fence, or do you have leverage? Right. right. So. Yeah, because ultimately, time is the is the asset. Yeah, much more than yeah. money. Yeah, yeah. He's built out great systems with with VA overseas VAs that are running the quotes and then dishing it up, and then the closers closing it, and then the follow. Yeah, That's yeah. He's so cool. Great job. Yeah, we need to talk to him sure cool man well love to hear uh where you're going and everything else so this is uh this has been a real cool business lesson more than anything i think um but really cool really cool thank you so awesome, much guys. thank you bobby until next time until next All time right. stay yeah. frosty <laughs> have a good stay one bro. all right, all right see you later your Insurance Dudes podcast is sponsored by Agency Vault, an industry leader in agency coaching, hiring and retaining top talent, and sales training with the seven-step trusted advisor sales framework. Are you up for the challenge? For $99, you'll get 28 days of access and an opportunity to join our private platinum coaching group. For more information, navigate to www.agencyvault.com. Hey, thanks for checking out the Insurance Dudes. Hey, please subscribe. We got some really great stuff coming out.